Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. Here in the house of God, it's a real pleasure to be able to preach the word. You know, more often than not, I'm on the stage playing my guitar. But I love sharing the word of God. And, and this week, I really, really want to be able to add something to our experience of the Daniel fast so that we can, you know, sometimes we get halfway through and we think to ourselves, really, do I want to do another few days? Or, you know, just one coffee wouldn't hurt, would it? Would it? You know, and you try and convince yourself. But I just, you know, I was listening to a few of the preachers on, on the internet, and my favourite preacher is Jensen Franklin, and I love that guy preaching. And some revelation came as he was speaking, and I just want to share that with you today. So let's just pray. Father, we thank you today that you are a good, good God. Father, that when you are in the room, miracles happen. And we thank you for one great thing, and that is, Lord, the miracle of salvation. Without it, Father God, we would not be here in the midst of the saints, lifting up your name and giving you praise. So today, Lord, as I preach, Lord, as I always do, I ask, Father God, let those things that you place in the spirits of of our people, Father God, stick, because you want it to stick more than anything else. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, you know, this whole thing of fasting, we think to ourselves, well, God can do miracles. I don't have to do without my food. I mean, I've been saying that. Look at me. I've been saying that all my life. I don't need to go without my food. (laughs) But God wants us at times to be physically involved with our spiritual lives as well. Amen? He wants us to be physically involved, physically um, attending whatever it is that we are praying about. And there's no better example of this except if we go to Exodus. And the example is Moses. We go to the book of Exodus, chapter 17, and it's um, entitled The Victory over the Amalekites, and it says this. Now, Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out and fight with the Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur, how do you say Hur or Ur? Hur. Hur. Is that a name you give to a guy? Her? (laughs) What? Went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Now, if that isn't an example of being physically involved with the battle, I don't know what is. Amen? So here he is. He's got his, he's got his arms up, and when his arms are up, the battle is raging, and the battle is won. When he drops them, the enemy takes 
takes out uh, his own people. And so this is definitely a picture of being physically involved. Why fasting? Let's get physically involved. Because you see, he gave up his comfort to see the battle won. And this is exactly what you do when you're fasting. You give up your comforting foods or your comfort foods, of which I have had many. (laughs) See? Here's the evidence. But we give up our comfort so that the battle will be won. That, in essence, is fasting. Amen? That, in essence, is fasting. So could God have done this without Moses? Sure he could have. Could Moses have sat on the side and just watched without putting his arms up and down? Sure he could have. But he knew that this is what God wanted him to do, to get physically involved with the battle, yet not on the battlefield. And this is what happens when we fast and we pray because we are making our flesh flesh subject to obedience to the Spirit of God. Is that right? That's right, yes. Amen. Because we are not a body with a soul and a spirit. We are a spirit with a soul and a body. When we, our spirits are redeemed, we live from that place of the spirit. That's why we are called spiritual beings, Christians. So we live all of our lives from that place of our spirit. Our spirit inquires of God whenever we're about to do something, Lord, shall I go up? And we sense in our spirit God saying, yep, it's time to go up. We say in our spirit, Lord, shall we go on and go with this plan or shall we go with that plan? And after spending time with God, our spirit says, no, don't go. Because don't forget, no is an answer too. Too many of us as Christians, we pray thinking God will say yes, 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 yes. But he actually says no sometimes. And we have to get our heads around that. Even though we think this is the right timing, this is the right person for that relationship, this is the right place to go and live, we have to know that God has ordained it and we live from our spirit. So we are a spirit who have a body and a soul, not the other way around. Amen? So I'm I'm building a case here because this was something that was just like a revelation to me. Therefore, all of our battles are not fought in the flesh, they're fought in the spirit. Amen? That follows. Because Ephesians 6, 12 says this, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Amen? We but we wrestle against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So you see, we may be here, but the battle is raging in the spirit realm. So we have to live from our spirit. Otherwise, we are not even involved. When we bow the knee and we pray and we talk to God about it, immediately we have engaged in the spirit realm. So this thing here, when James argues with me and when he fights with me, that's the flesh. But when I answer him in prayer, that's the spirit. So who's going to (laughs) win? Just saying. 
So we do not have arguments person to person. In Christianity, God has made steps how we can fix our arguments up. We go, we take our, we, we, we take our arguments to the person who we have offended and we sort it out. That's another story. Amen. And so these things here can become, like James said, distractions. We can be distracted with arguments. We can be distracted with he said this, she said that, he said that. And all the while, the angels are waiting for us to engage them in prayer. All the while, heaven is waiting. When you guys are done, um, can we get on with a real argument? You know, so you don't like James's genes? Get over it, you know. We've got a more important thing to sort out up here. And so, you know, this is the thing. But God is a good, good father. We sing that song all the time. And he would never, ever send us out to battle by ourselves. I mean, it's, it's wise that when you go out against principalities and powers, it's wise never to try and take those things on your own. Because I'll tell you now, you'll get flattened. Two of you agree on things, so you take the other two. But God will also engage as well. He will engage in the realm of the spirit and he will send angelic hosts. Of course, we do not worship angels, do we? We do not kneel before angels unless we sense, the, the, unless we sense God in it, of course. But we do not... We do not uh, pray to angels. We don't do any of that stuff. Angels, what are they? Hebrews 1 verse 13 says this. But to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Who's going to inherit salvation? You and me, right? Who are living out of our spirit. That's how that's going to happen. They minister to us. You go down to Psalm 91 and it says, if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near you, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands. Hey, hey, hey. So you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. So who is he sending out with us to battle? In the realm of the spirit, angels. And is there only just like the one or two or three? You know, we had, this, uh, we had this young Christians group down in one of our first churches. And there's, uh, he told us that, um, that scripture that goodness, you know, surely goodness and mercy there's two angels, goodness and mercy. And this young Christian said, no, 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 there's three. There's surely goodness and mercy. <laughs> so there's an angel up there called Shirley, according to this bloke. Shirley, what? Anyway, so he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. When you're engaged in battle, not only do you have the Holy Spirit, but you have an array of angels that are with you. That's your army. 
those are your buddies, angels. You know, and I so appreciate when kids can see angels. I remember when I was over there when we first started and we were uh, having kids' church and I sensed the presence of God and we were having a pray. And so I kept my eyes closed and then one of the kids said to me, I said to, to somebody, to the kids, can you see the angels? And they were going, yeah, they're over there. And, I'm, and they said, can you see, auntie, can you see? And I didn't want to look. Because you know why? I wouldn't have been able to see them. That's why only the kids could see them. And I thought to myself, I turned around and said, no, I can't see them. They would have thought, oh, what sort of Christian are you? Sort of thing. (laughs) But this is angelic hosts. This morning when we were worshipping, I sensed that in the spirit realm there was some stuff getting stirred up, you know. Because the devil has come against us so strongly since we've started Huapai, since we've been Daniel fasting, there have been some big things that have happened in the realm of the spirit. And I just want to say this. We never stop praying. Amen. We never stop. If it doesn't work the first time, you just keep going. That's battle. You don't go into battle and somebody goes dong like that with a, with a spear and you go, ow, that hurt, I'm going home. You don't do that. You go, get out of here. Doof. You know, you do the pukana. Oh, well, I would. I don't know what you fellas would do. I'd do a pukana. You know, And this is the thing. We never give up. We keep going. Don't give up. Keep going. Just when it's about to turn, don't give up. God is never going to give up on us. We don't want to give up on God. Amen? Amen. And them angels are going, yeah, this is what we were born for. Woohoo! We're away. So this is how it works. This is how it works. When we speak. Angels align. Can you see it in the spirit realm? Rank by rank by rank in the spirit realm. And yet the demons flee. I would too if I was a demon and I saw the angels getting ready. Rank by rank. Not just the one, not just the two, but rank by rank by rank. Amen. And they're all arrayed. And what are they waiting for? Let's see. So... We go to Daniel 10 because I wanted to know a little bit about the Daniel fast. You know, you don't do stuff unless you know what it's all about. And it says this in Daniel chapter 10. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long, and he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three, four weeks. That's the three-week Daniel fast that you get there. And it says on, I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks. So he was definitely high and dry, this guy. Daniel was. So the story, to, you know, before that, was that uh, Jerusalem had been taken siege by the Babylonian king, and they and he said to, uh, to his, you know, to his little, what do you call them? Yeah, to his assistants. That's a good word. So he said to his assistants, "Go in there and choose for me all those young men from the um, Judah royalty." That's Daniel's family. That's David's family. 
choose for me young men who are good-looking, healthy, and strong. I mean, and all the single girls said, yeah, and what? <laughs> single, strong, and good-looking, no-brainer, hey. And they were going to teach these guys all the things there was in the Babylonian Empire to know so that they could work in the household. So that's how he ended up there. So going on from verse 4, Now on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen whose waist was girded with gold. I mean, this is, this is angelic-looking stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Um, whose waist was girded with gold of Uphaz. His body was like beryl, his eyes like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in colour, and the sound of his voice was like the voice of a multitude. I mean, these are angels. They're not little cherubims that flap around with their harps, playing their harps. These guys are big suckers. You know what I'm talking about? Big suckers. And these guys turn up, and it's like, da, da, da. <laughs> and I mean, wouldn't you? Fall on your face and say, anything you want, anything you want. <laughs> I would, I would. But these guys, you know, and I just, I just want to emphasize this. When God does things, he doesn't do it by halves. Amen? He doesn't do it by halves. This was the archangel Gabriel. He was bringing a message. So if you drop down to verse 2. Now, verse 10, sorry. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, greatly beloved. In other words, greatly desired. Watch this. Daniel gave up desirable food so that he would become desirable to God. Daniel gave up the things that he desired because he wanted to be desired by God. Amen? And in that place of fasting, when you give up the things that you desire, I mean, I desire coffee like it's going out of fashion. But I give it up because I want to be desirable to God. Do you know, I want to be on the one-on-one. I want to be sitting across the table from the Holy Spirit talking with him and hearing from him. That's the bit that I want, the hearing from him. Amen? I want to be one-on-one with God. I don't want to be with the crowd. I want to be by himself with me. When I was, when I was younger as a mum, I had three boys, and every now and again I would say to one of them, let's just slip out the door. Don't tell anybody, just you and me. And off we'd go, and we'd go and have morning tea together. And the kids, my kids, that would take them on and on and on because of that one secret meeting with their mum. When we have those meetings with our pop, with our dad, and he begins to download, and he reassures us that everything he's planned is going to happen in your life, that's the one-on-one we have with God. Amen? And we feel and know we are favoured. We sense it with the spirit because we are spirit beings. Amen? And so this is the thing that causes us to fast and to pray. So 
we go on and we go down to verse 12. Because by this time, Daniel was trembling. He's like shaken in his boots, as would I. Then he says to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. You see, we say to ourselves, God commands the angels, but he needs us in the midst of it, in our fasting state. He needs us to say the words so that the angels will move. And do you see this? This is why I say don't stop, because it says on verse 13, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia stood, withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, of heaven came to help me for I had been left alone with the kings of Persia. So that principality came. <clears throat> you think about it, this is the battle. You never have a, bat a running battle, just you running forward without any enemy. That's crazy in anybody's terms. So the prince of Persia, who was a principality, withstood him, stood in front of him and said, You're not going any further. And because he kept praying, he kept using his words, he was in a fasting state, so his spirit would come forward. The archangel Michael turned up. I mean, come on. Come on. I mean, come on. Michael turned up. He's the warring angel, and he's like, bring it on, sucker. You can just see it in the spirit, can't you? And so he says, bring it on. And of course, he wiped them out. Because, how do I know? Because the message showed up. But if we will stop in the middle because of the first, um, the first line of, of, of people, who, of enemy that comes against us, if we stop... The battle hasn't started yet. We've got to dust ourselves up, stand up and say, nah, nah, I'm going to keep going. Because the angels need my words to get that promise from there to here. And I need a word. I need something, Lord. I need a healing, Father God. I need to hear from heaven what needs to happen next. Amen. That's what we need. And so we don't give up. Oh, but you know, I'm useless. Yeah, but get over it. <laughs> nah, you are not useless. Have a look in the Bible. God saved you for a reason, you know. <laughs> the angels, they've got us. God has got us. He sent us this vast army of these big, huge angels, not these little cherubims that go flap, flap, flap. How are you? Are you all right? <laughs> I mean, he's going to go to war with them, not me. I might, might have morning tea with them, but that's it. He sends this vast array. Don't ever think that you're in whatever situation you are in by yourself. All of the hosts of heaven are waiting. Keep talking. Keep praying. Keep asking God. Get a dong on the head. Keep going. The dong would probably help anyway. Dong, woohoo, let's keep going. Never give up. 
Never give up. And this is an encouragement. If you haven't started the Daniel fast, this is an encouragement. Consider fasting. If you have a question out the front there, if you have a problem that needs fixing, consider fasting and praying. Because these days, a lot of we here in church and out in the community, in the church, is everything about intellect. Oh, I don't know about that. I'll have to work it out. Or feelings. I don't know how I feel about that. Come on. Prayer and fasting is our enemy. I mean, prayer and fasting gets our enemy. <laughs> what? Prayer and fasting is the thing. It's, it is the thing that gets us where we're going. So we understand. This morning, like I said, during the worship, I could feel the sense there was a stirring up in heaven because the angels with their wings were getting around and they were shouting, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Amen? Amen. And as the people worshipped, I believe God was saying, these are the people I can trust. These are the people I can trust. Amen. So Daniel prayed and the angel of God was released. And even though the prince of Persia stood in his way, didn't make a difference because then God sent more troops. And the troop was the warring angel. Michael, I'd love to meet that guy when I get to heaven. You see, the prayer of a beloved or desirable man who has given up desirable things, becomes desirable to God. And James brought a prophecy this morning, you know, about common people, everybody. We're able to do this. It's not just left to me and James. It's not just left to those people we think, you know, are up there when it comes to God. It's every single person. May we are kitted out to do this, amen? We're kitted out to do this. In prayer, we are kitted out, each and every one, to do this. God has promised it. So if we go to Matthew 17, I just want to, you know, in, in closing, I just want to sh- talk to you about how this works. So we go to Matthew 17, beginning at verse 14, and it says this, And when they came, had come to the multitude, a man came to him kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic, talking to Jesus, and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Wow, thank you, Jesus. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why couldn't we cast it out? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as the mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this comes out only by prayer and fasting. That is the key, prayer and fasting. So the disciples could not cure the boy of his illness and Jesus called this that generation faithless and perverse. When a person is faithless, they have no faith. They don't pray no more. 
anymore. They don't worship anymore. They don't participate in the community of God anymore. They have basically no faith. Faithless, right? A perverse generation is a generation that is against God. That's a perverse generation. Anything that is against God is perverted. Amen? That's a perverse generation. So, Jesus would say, it only comes out by prayer and fasting, because when you are faithless, you're disconnected from God. Amen? Amen? Yeah. yeah. So when you, are, when you, when he says, pray and fast, prayer connects you back up with God. Fasting means that you give up the desirable things of the world. So that's why prayer and fasting works. Because you connect up with God through prayer and you disconnect from the world by fasting. And so if you are connected to God and disconnected from the world, then God sees you as desirable. Amen? Amen. And so prayer and fasting, is it for this day and this age? It definitely is. Amen. And so when we pray, we're connected back to God. And I know that having done this, even it's not a full fast, I am looking forward to the time when I can do a full fast because I'm thinking, wow, if this works and makes me desirable to God, I want to disconnect fully and pray and fast and see the angels move and hear their answers that come from the heavens. Amen? 